Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And this is part two of episode 20 with Savannah Boda, the Dallas Esthetician. Yes. If you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to part one yet, go ahead and do that now and then come back here and let's listen to part two so you can hear the rest of this amazing conversation with an amazing esthetician. That's so amazing. And Savannah, they have the bags all over the place. You know, they're to-go bags. You can bag your head and pick it up that way. I know, I know, but that feels a little sketchy to me. They're probably, then they'll think I'm trying to like take it home to eat. They're like already eating food and think I'm like a weirdo, but. Oh my gosh. I love that you do that. I think that's so amazing. I, I imagine oh, a picture of you. you. I imagine a picture of you in there like wanted. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, literally like I'm just like casually walks around the restaurant, grabs a couple meat bones. Yeah. Oh I love cash. That's so I will always be there. I don't care. I'm going to think of you every time I go to babes now. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. So um, I did want to talk about what you were saying with setting boundaries with clients and that it can, you know, it has been difficult to maintain that like client relationship as opposed to a friendship with some of your clients. And I know that that's super difficult. And for any of the listeners who do struggle with that, where you are treating your clients more like friends and they're thinking that they it's okay for them to be late or that they are um, entitled to discounts or those kinds of things. One way to really keep that from happening is when you're doing your initial consultation. So when the client, from the very first time you meet your client, you can be kind and you can be approachable and you can be yourself for sure, but you want to make them aware of your policies right then and there. And they've got to sign paperwork saying that they're committed to that. You know, they're going to purchase a package, all of that. So it's like, you you kind of set the standard right from the very beginning, but they they've seen you on social media. They know you're great. They know you're nice. They they came to you for a reason, but it's okay to be like, okay, yes, I am this awesome person, and we're gonna have a lot of fun together. We're gonna see great results. But I am also a professional, and I am also running a business. And because I am gonna do everything I can for you, you need to do everything you can to make sure that this works out as well. And that includes showing up on time. That includes being committed to your home care. That includes paying for your treatments. Yep. And the clients that love and respect you and are your true friends are the ones that will do that. Like I've Mm -hmm. had clients that I love, I just love them. And I'm like, you know what? Once in a while, I mean, they don't do it to me often, especially if it's someone that, you know, it's really just like out of character for them to be late. And I'm like, I'm not going to charge you a late fee. Like, I love you. Like, you know, it's wrong. Next time I will. But I love you, you know, and then mm-hmm. they still will pay me the late fee. You know why? Because they love and respect me. Yep. And so those are the clients, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, read everybody. Not everyone's going to be, you know, your ideal client. Not everyone's going to respect you, especially something I've struggled with in this industry is my age. Um, mm-hmm. Being young, you know, it's hard. It's really hard because people think they can take advantage of me and they do. And now, you know, that's something I've grown to put my foot down with because, it sucks. And I'm like, yes, I'm young, but I'm also, you know, this is my business and I have to have these rules and put them in place. And, you know, sometimes I even cow down to myself because I'm like, oh my God, I'm just like a little infant. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to run a business. Like I'm 22 years old. Like, what is this? I should be at bars right now, dancing on tables. Like, why am I here seven <laughs> days a week? But, you know, it's all a learning lesson and it it is hard, you know, being in the service industry and, being young and being an esthetician because a lot of people don't take us as serious as they would like missing their actual like doctor doctor's appointment, Mm -hmm. you know, 
like they don't think it's a big deal when they go get their nails done to be 15 minutes late or when they go get their massage and their hair done because they don't respect a lot of people don't respect our industry and it's it sucks and it's sad but those are the clients you don't want right but the thing is is that you teach people how to treat you and if Mm -hmm. you from the very first time they come into the appointment if you're like you know super relaxed you don't bring up your policies you don't treat it like it's an actual business then they're if you act like a small business they're going to treat you like a small business if you act like you are you know one of those doctor's offices or something like that then they're going to treat you that way i love that so it's very get that tatted on my back (laughs) you you teach people how to treat you if you act like a small business you'll always be a small business to quote natalie warren from the skin yes from skin i I love it girl you need to put that on your page i love that no it's that is oh my god i mean you're amazing i mean that spoken so eloquently it's so true and that's something I you know I sometimes discredit myself because of insecurities you know I just talked about how confident I am but sometimes I'm insecure I'm like am I good enough to be charging this price am I you know good enough am I I I just don't I don't value sometimes myself in my business because I feel like this little teeny tiny you know esthetician and just you know I don't respect myself and if you don't respect yourself others won't respect you and that's something you know of course, people are like, oh, you're so humble. And I'm like, yes, but I also discredit myself so much sometimes, you know, I really, really do. And I discount my services and I discount my clients because I sometimes don't feel like I'm worth it. And that's furthest from the truth. And that's just insecurities and lack of confidence speaking. And so, you know, I definitely have my struggles with my business. Now, this is something I dealt with really mostly in the beginning. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes I'll have a day where I just feel like I'm not, you know, worth what I am and I, my business isn't what I feel like it is. And, you know, it, it, it is hard, especially, you know, being your own boss, you have to respect yourself. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I, you know, a client would never walk into like Nordstrom to the Mac counter and be like, Oh, I know this lipstick is normally 1750 or however much they are now, but can I get it for 12, you know, yeah. or a, a customer, I guess. So when when you're a solo esthetician and especially in the beginning and sometimes not even in the beginning, like if you've developed these habits, it can continue on. But when you're desperate for a client and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to get somebody in my door so that I don't end up losing my business. Like I need to make rent. I need to eat tonight. That was where I was. I was like, can somebody please come get a feel so I can (laughs) eat today? And, um, it can be really scary to, to have that structure because mm-hmm. you're like, I don't want to, I want to be as simple and easy and as convenient for any client as possible. Because if it's simple for them and they don't have any expectations on them, then they'll want to come back because it's easy. But you have to think like a quality client. Think like your ideal client. Because most people who are serious about their skincare, it is because they, you know, it's an issue for them emotionally and they want the best. Like mm-hmm. if nobody cared about what other people think, then we wouldn't have jobs, right? Oh, no, of course yeah. not. Yeah. And so people want to brag about what they have. People like knowing that they go to the best. People are okay to pay more for somebody that is like exclusive and important. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, you need to recognize regardless of what size your business is at this point, what you are providing is a luxury. Nobody is entitled to these services. So Mm -hmm. if they are not willing to pay what they should, okay, well, I'm sorry. It's not like water. You don't get it just because you're alive. Like 
you need to I love that. You, That's another you pay for that. that I'm putting on my back. Right. <laughs> I'm going to have a whole masterpiece of your quotes on my back now. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Um, but no, that's so true. It really is. Yeah, it is. And so when we start, you know, thinking like, oh, well, it's, it's just lashes or it's just a peel or it's just dermaplaning. It's, you know, it's just a facial or a brow wax. That's when, when, that's when clients start thinking that way as well. They're like, oh, well, you treat it like it's just a microneedling appointment. So I'm going to treat it like it's just a microneedling appointment. You know, they, they'll respond to what you provide based on how you present it. And so you've just got to have that confidence and you've got to let clients know, hey, what I'm doing is important and there is a price attached to it, but it's because of the value that I provide the education that I've received, the fact that I'm an expert and that I am going to get you the results that you're dreaming of. Yeah. Do you ever feel that you do something so much that it becomes insignificant to you? Mm -hmm. Because that's where I felt sometimes where I just do something over and over and over. And it's the same thing every single day that I don't see the value the clients see. And so it's like, I almost like sometimes want to take a step out of my body and like, erase the fact that I'm an esthetician and like go get a service because I sometimes you feel like what you're doing isn't enough because it's you're doing the same thing all the time and so you just I don't know how to word that like you forget the value or you forget like how amazing it is in their eyes and so you have to switch your mindset to think to them this is like everything to me it's just Mm -hmm. another Saturday you know I'm just doing another client you know and it's I think that's what's been hard for me is like when you do something so often I think you lose value in it and when you know how you know, the prices that you get it out, you also lose value in it because it's not, you know, as expensive as it used to be before you were an esthetician, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to take yourself out of that situation and put yourself in the client's shoes and like really view it like them. Like I remember some one day I did a facial and this girl was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And I'm like, really? I was just doing the same thing I do all the time. I didn't do anything special. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and you wonder like what other services have they done? What, you know, facials that they get prior to meeting me like how am I so different because you just you kind of lose that value of yourself I would say because you do it so often okay Mm -hmm. I love how you said that you need to kind of reposition your thoughts and think about you know from the client's perspective because imagine that you're this client who you have been dreaming to come to you know the Dallas esthetician spot but you looked at the prices online and you're like oh it's kind of expensive okay I've got to save up and so they worked and they saved their money so that they could come to you, you know, whatever esthetician and get this particular service that they've been dreaming of. They're excited. They're nervous. They are, you know, it's a little uncomfortable because they're having to present their vulnerabilities and the things they don't like about themselves to a stranger, but they know that they want to do it and they're so excited. So imagine if they come in and they're like, okay, I really want to get this microneedling. And you're like, okay, great. Like, yeah, that's fine. Um, you know what, you know, it's normally 400, but like, I'll just give it to you for two. Like, it's fine. Whatever. Think of how they'd be like, oh. I'd be like, okay. So is it not that good? Yeah. Is it not? Exactly. If you yeah. don't even believe in your product. Exactly. And clients that need us are, you know, they need us because they believe in it. And so if you don't believe in it, then what does that tell them? Like, That's so true. Maybe, mm-hmm. this, maybe this isn't that great. I don't know. I completely Ah, yes. And then once you discount it once, you're gonna have to discount it forever. Mm -hmm. And see, the thing that I used to do, which was very hard for me is because I I am caring and I have a big heart and something, you know, is when I had a client that'd be like, Oh, my God, I just can't afford this. And I'm like, I know they need this product so bad. And I'm like, I'll give it to you at my cost. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. of course, there are some clients that are going to, like we talked about earlier, are going to love and respect that. And there's others that are going to take advantage. And so, you know, I've had to let go of some clients that I did that to in the beginning because it was just their mindset was never going to change about the way I present. And I ruined that client. They didn't ruin themselves. I ruined them because I did that to them. You mm-hmm. know, I offered it at a lower price. I offered and that made them think it was going to be like that for the rest of the time. And, you know, it's like one act of kindness, you know, can really destroy a relationship with with a client. And Sometimes you have to take your step a step back and be like, yes, I love you and I'm going to cry with you and we can talk about, you know, all your emotional issues. But when it comes to paying, like you have to pay the price, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's hard because you feel like you're closer to them. So you're like, oh, my God. And I, you know, I have a diarrhea mouth. I just will spit it out. I'm like, oh, my God, oh my God, it's OK. I'll give you $50 off because I love you so much. And my love language is gift giving, which is awful. <laughs> but that's hard is. in this industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a rep. She was like, why are you handing these out like they are cookies, Savannah? And she's like, you know, these cost you like $10. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. And she's like, yeah, no, you don't need to be doing that anymore. She's like, I don't know why you're handing, you know, these really big travel sizes to people just willy nilly. And I'm like, because I love to give things to people. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah, I really do. It's hard to have those boundaries, though, like especially when and and think about it. We went into this industry to serve people and make them feel good about themselves and, um, you know, just provide this awesome experience for them. And so it can be hard to know how and when to draw those lines and have those boundaries in place because Mm -hmm. we want to be there for our clients. We love them. Mm -hmm. And I think too, also, you know, something I've also learned in life is that, you know, if you do something, you expect something, you know? And so Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll do something nice for a client. I'm like, well, I expected a nicer tip from them or I expected them to, you know, come back sooner since I gave them a discount. So it's, you know, a little less expensive for them, you know, you expect, and then that's how you get let down. And that's how you feel bad about yourself because Mm -hmm. you, do something for someone and that you expect they'll do it back. And that's not how the world works. You it, that I mean, nice people. Yes. will do things back for you, but you can't do something and expect someone to act a different way towards you. You know? Yes. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. But, um, I literally wrote down this topic because I was going to bring it up and you just went right to it again, soul sister, but resentment, that is what happens. And you have to remember that nobody is reading your mind. And so if you try to, if you give a client a discount thinking they're going to give you a good tip, or if you, um, you know, give a client a freebie thinking that they're going to appreciate it and respect it. Or if you're like, oh, normally I charge a late fee, you know, that's something that I always, always do. But this one time, you know, I'm not going to do it for you this time. You kind of sometimes will say things like that, hoping that the client is going to be like, oh, no, 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 please charge me the late fee. I respect you. Because that's what we would do. And that's what's so hard is because you and I are thinking, oh my God, like, this is what I would do. So they're going to do the same thing back to me, but nobody thinks nope. the way we think. Nobody thinks the way you think. And then that is when you have resentment because you weren't mm-hmm. offering that discount or that, um, you know, freebie or whatever, um, from a generous place. You were doing it because you were hoping that they were going to validate the, yeah. the relationship, but that's not oh, why yeah. they're there. They're not there for you. I mean, sometimes clients are there because they really like you, as we've already talked about, but the majority of the time they're not in it for you. They're in it for what they're yeah, getting. We're out replaceable. Of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so then when you offer something thinking that you're going to get a, a specific response and it doesn't come through or then, increase the loyalty. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it hurts. You're like, Oh my God, they're yeah. going to a different esthetician now. What the hell? I passed their late fee twice and I've given them this discount and it hurts you and mm-hmm. it makes you resentful. Exactly. It's so true. Yeah, exactly. And Oftentimes, like they go to somebody else because they're wanting better structure. They're wanting somebody who takes themselves more seriously. They're wanting, they want to go to the best. And you're, they're like, oh, well, she's always giving me discounts and she's always like 
not standing up for her policies. I'm going to go some get somebody who takes their business seriously. So mm-hmm. you were doing all of these things, trying to, um, you know, build this codependent relationship with this client and make them feel obligated to you. But clients recognize that. And then that's when they push away. They're like, hmm, why aren't you being authentic? Why aren't you being genuine? Why isn't yep. what you're providing enough? Why do you feel like you need to put this extra on? Yep. And see that, I think that was a maturity thing for me is being young and not believing in myself. And I did, I didn't realize, you know, in the beginning how it was making me look and my true intentions behind it, you know? And I think, you know, that's just so raw and honest to me. I, wow. To say that, you know, and that's something I really didn't realize. I feel that, you know, I really just didn't see it that way. And until recently I was like, I completely changed my business structure. I changed my mindset and really realized like, I can't, you know, keep doing this. And I think it's because I lacked the confidence in myself in the beginning. And I didn't believe that I was good enough, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think so many solo estheticians do that to themselves. Like I didn't do that when I worked for the plastic surgeon, I was selling, you know, $5,000 laser packages left and right. Like it was nothing Mm -hmm. because I believed in his product and I thought he was amazing. And if I worked for him, I was fucking amazing because I'm working for the best plastic surgeon in Dallas, you know? So Mm -hmm. I validated me. But then when you have to validate yourself, that's where it gets very tricky, especially for a perfectionist and someone that's hard on themselves. It's hard to work for yourself and see the value in yourself because you're employed by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that confidence being employed by a big doctor. You know, you're like, oh, well, I must be great because I'm working for him. And our product must be awesome because he has, you know, you put that confidence and reliance on somebody else other than yourself. And so I think it is a struggle for solo estheticians to value themselves when they're mm-hmm. working for themselves. Yeah. And when you're working for somebody else, then there's an authority figure that you have to answer to other than yourself. And so yeah. you would never, if you're working for the best plastic surgeon in Dallas, like you would never want to be the one to go to him and be like, oh, sorry, I didn't make my sales quota. Um, you, you know, like that's embarrassing. No, he you, would chew me out if I gave a discount or waived a late fee. And I loved working for him because I'd be like, oh, sorry, like I can't, like it's policy. He, he. But mm-hmm. then when someone looks at you and they're like, well, you own the business, you make the call. Like, you know, I don't have anyone to be like, oh, haha, my boss said no, you know, yeah. like, it's hard. So then it's on you and you have yeah. to be the boss and you've got to put on your big girl panties and be like, you know what? Yeah, I, I am the boss. I am in charge of the policies, but these are the policies that help my business operate appropriately. And if that doesn't work for you, I'm sure you'll be able to find another esthetician who would work within your personal needs. And you've got to just, so hard. You've got, mm-hmm. I know it is so hard. It is so hard, but you've got to be willing to let people walk away and you've got yeah. to stand up for your for your policies practice. and yeah, it takes practice. practice. It really make, does make it become a habit. Exactly. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of role playing. That's like one of, if there's a concept that I'm trying to learn, then I love to role play it. And if you get a friend or a fellow esthetician that you love and just be like, okay, let's practice talking to clients about, you know, being late or no showing yeah. or whatever it is so that you can have kind of a script in your head because the body will go where the mind has already been. And if you yeah. thought that through, then it's going to be easier to have those conversations when yeah. in the moment, because you're not having to come up with what to say or how to present it. Exactly. And see, for me, I'm sure you've had to do this. I've had to like literally rewire my tongue to not roll yes off mm-hmm. my tongue, you know, because before I even think, and then I'll say yes. And I'm like, why the fuck did I say yes to that? Like, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I literally would rather die than do that. But now I can't go back on my word. And so you know, it's, it's, it's hard because it's just, it's on the tip of your tongue to say yes. And so that's something this year I have, I'm so proud of myself for, because I have started to say no. And that is so difficult for me. It is so hard, but 
I mean, it just it had to happen because I could not live my life for other people anymore. And I just wanted to add, like, I remember when I first started as a police officer, I, it sucked taking people to jail. Like, people that had excuses and, like, legitimate things. And at some point, like, we don't have to take people to jail f- for everything. So I'd say no to some things and be like, all right, I'm going to let you go. Then I'd have to talk to my sergeant and be like, what the fuck you do that for? I'm like, well, I had a call. Like, I, I didn't have to. They're like, all right, dude, like, this is, like, the third person you let go this week. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. just letting everybody go today. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just... I feel for people. That would be me as a cop. Yeah, I'd be like, I feel for people. Not like, me. Like, you know. See? Yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, I got a ticket for speeding yeah. when my cat threw up on me, and they didn't care. And see that? I honestly sure had a free before because they saw <laughs> cat vomit in my lap. And I was taking my cat to the vet. And so, of course, I was going 40 and a 30. Come on, Texas. Yeah, I, I do have to share this with you because I think you'll appreciate it. My very first speeding ticket was the um, was after the – sixth game in the world series when Texas should have been beating St. Louis and we just handed it over. And I was, I was in a different state. I was in Utah and I didn't know that the speed limits in neighborhoods in Utah were so low. Anyway, they pulled me over and I literally was like, you see my license plate. I know you've just been driving around, listening to the radio, hearing the world series going on. You know, I just lost, you know, you've got to give me a favor. And he was like, I don't care. No. I'm like, oh, oh my seriously, I'm a Texan girl and my team just lost and we're giving away the World Series to St. Louis. You're not going to cut me some slack? And he's like, no. He's like, no, go back to Texas. Yep. Bye. <laughs> that is so funny. But yeah, no, I mean, it's hard because you see the good in people. But mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it's it's a topic that you could literally go in circles because it's like that's my issue, girl, is I love this about myself, but I also hate it because I'm that person that's like, I see every side to everything. I'm like, okay, but I see why they did that, but this is why it's wrong. But also I'm on your side. So when I watch TV shows and movies with the bad and the good guy, it's very stressful for me because I keep going back and forth. <laughs> You're like, but there are so many good things about him. I get why he's doing it. I'm like, he's just sad. Okay. He's, he's not a bad person. He's just doing something bad because of this that happened yeah. in his life. Yeah. And so I hate being such a reasonable person, man, because that's why I cut people so much slack is because I see their motives and I put myself in other people's shoes and sometimes it's hard to differentiate like am I right are you right you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's very hard yeah so this this quote is by Warren Buffett and he says the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything well that resonates with me so much because I mean, what's the average income for estheticians? Like $30,000? I mean, something super, super low. And a lot of us are people pleasers. A lot of us do not take what we're doing seriously. A lot of us want to make it as convenient for the client as possible. We say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's this like self-fulfilling prophecy. We go into the industry thinking, okay, I'm going to be the one who makes it. And some of us do. Some of us do really, really well. But the majority we go in, we're like, I'm going to make it, but I'm going to treat my clients the way that I know every other esthetician that I've talked to treats their clients. And I'm not going to say no, and I'm going to sell myself short and I'm going to, you know, give discounts and blah, 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 blah. Well, then are you, are you surprised when you're only making that $30,000 or you have to close up shop? No, your business is a business. You have to treat it as a business. You have to treat it with respect. You spent tons of money going to aesthetic school learning everything that you learned. You spent all those hours studying, becoming a specialist, becoming great at what you do. Don't devalue yourself by saying yes Mm -hmm. to everything every client wants. 
Yeah. Do you ever feel that sometimes it's hard for estheticians? I know this is personal for me that you love what you do so much that it ain't nothing but a thing. And it's just, you're happy to be doing it. Like sometimes my job feels like a hobby. Mm -hmm. Like it really does. Like, I don't feel like I work. And you know, people say it's a wonderful, you know, I don't feel like I work. I really and truly don't, but that's not a great thing because Mm -hmm. I don't take my business as a business because I don't feel like I'm working. Like I feel like I, you know, I'm just doing it because I love it, Yeah. you know? And so then I'm like, well, I don't care if I, you know, at the beginning, not anymore, but in the beginning, I was like, I don't care if I don't make money. Like I would literally pay someone to rub their face. That's how much I love what I do. You know, like I want a client in my bed so bad that I would pay them $50 to let me rub their face, you know, Mm -hmm. because I was so hungry. And so you have to like, yes, it's wonderful to have that drive and that like passion, but you're going to hurt yourself if you show that to clients. And I think sometimes I, you know, in the beginning, definitely people saw how eager and happy and like in love. I am with what I do and that, you know, inspired them. But it also was like, oh, this girl would just do this for free. Like she freaking loves it. Like she would just be on the side of the road right now, like rubbing people's faces because that's how much she loves it. Yeah. I mean, think about like, I don't know if you were boy crazy like this growing up, but I totally was. And um, so I would be like totally eager. And the guy that I liked in middle school or whatever, I was, he knew it. And I was front and center like, please, please, please pick me, pick me, pick me. And so they would enjoy that at first. Like it was entertaining at first, but then they'd be like, oh my gosh, have a little decorum, like have a little self-respect. Like, you know, it wasn't anything that's too easy. Yeah. It's too easy. And you couldn't, they they didn't want to like the chase, (laughs) but they, it wasn't based on anything substantial. Like their interest in me, it was just for the thrill in the moment. And they feel like clients, they'll recognize that as well. They, mm-hmm. they come to you and they're like, oh, I want this service, you know, just like the guy, like, oh, I want a date. But then when they see how eager you are and how much you need them and then they're like, oh, if this is a little weird, maybe, maybe I'm going to go to somebody that isn't so desperate. You know, literally. And girl, I can tell you right now, I probably maybe have two clients left from my beginning batch because mm-hmm. I disvalued myself and mm-hmm. I broke them. I mm-hmm. broke them. You know, and so I was like, they're never going to pay this. They're never going to respect me. They're never going to see me as the Dallas esthetician and see me as the boss I am because I literally allowed them to walk all over me. I was so desperate for clients in the beginning and people always ask, oh, were you always successful? Did you always have money? No, I did $50 facials for the first two months. How am I ever going to get them to do the same facial I did for $50 for $250 now? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I was losing money, but I was so desperate and I would be like, Oh, it's okay. If you're an hour late, you're my only client today. No worries. Come whenever you want. Like Mm -hmm. I'll be here, you know? And so I don't have any clients, maybe two that really respect me and were with me from the very beginning and, you know, are just wonderful people. But I broke a lot of my clients because Mm -hmm. of the way I treated my business. And I was just so excited to be on my own and do all the things. And I'm like, I just want to use this machine so bad. Like, I know you can't afford it, but I just want to do it because I'm so excited. So I'm just going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's freaking awful. That's so awful. But I did that. I really did. And I'm not going to lie. I did do it. And it's not the way to do it. No. But it's- have you ever used the machine or like wanted to dermaplane someone so bad? And they like, oh, I can't afford a dermaplane. But you're like, oh my God, but you're so fuzzy. And like, it's going to be so satisfying. And I just want to dermaplane you so bad. Yeah. That's totally how I was when I learned volume lashes. Because I, I only did, um, towards the end, I only did lashes and peels. Those are the only two things that I offered. And, uh, mm-hmm. when I learned how to do volume lashes, like years ago, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. All I want to do is volume lashes. So I'd ask my clients if they'd want it and they'd be like, well, I don't want to pay extra. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll do it anyway. 
Because you want to do it so bad. That's that's why it's so hard being in a business you love. It really Mm -hmm. is. But you know what? What you need to do is um, call people who aren't your clients, like your family and friends, because I I firmly believe that your family and friends don't count as your clients because they're no they're gonna count they're gonna ask for discounts. It's not that's not a real client. Um, call your family and friends and practice those things on them. Do and the fun stuff on them exactly, yeah. so that you can you can practice, you can enjoy it, you can get it out of you your get system. Your fix. You get your little yes. crackhead fix. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that is. Clients are not the place to do that. Sorry. And I, oh, yeah. you know, see, I've been there it's too. So true. Yep. It's so true. And see, my boyfriend, he loves that I'm booked and busy now because he's like, you don't come and attack me with an extracting tool anymore. God bless. <laughs> like literally we just talked about, like, when's the last time I did your face? He's like, oh God, like when you were doing $50 facials, I think that's when you, the last time you touched my face because you were just so like excited and you just wanted clients so bad. Like I would, you know, attack him with the extracting tool. And so now he's like, I love that you're busy because you're tired when you come home and you get your blackhead fix and, you know, you, <laughs> you do all the things and you come home at, at peace at the end of the day. And I don't feel like I want to do all these things because I'm, I'm doing them, you know, and I'm making mm-hmm. money and I'm, I'm, I'm being valued and I'm being respected and I'm getting paid what I'm worth. But it is hard. I think at the beginning, a lot of estheticians I've talked to, they're like, I just want to do it so bad. Like, I want to try this new peel. So I'm going to upgrade them for free. And like, mm-hmm. that's just awful. And I, I, I did it too. So I yeah. understand. But if I could go back in time, I would have never done that because now there's probably a group of like a hundred people in this vicinity that will never take me seriously because they are my client when I didn't value myself. Mm-hmm. No, I know. And I've been there and it's, there's something about like saying to a client, Oh, I have this new service. It is this, you know, it's wonderful in this way and this way and this way. And then, then if they ask, well, how much is it? And you say, and they're like, Oh, that's too expensive. There's something about being like, Oh, okay. Well maybe next time, you know, Let let me know when that's in your budget. I'd love to add it on for you. And Mm -hmm. then taking that away from them. And then they're like, oh, well, maybe it does sound good. Like maybe I should make it work. And then they'll come back and they'll be asking you for it because you didn't just hand it over to them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. it's hard, but you have to be like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to dermaplane this face and it's going to be okay. I'll just go home. (laughs) I'll dermaplane my own face, you know? Yeah. And so you have to like let go of that like, passion almost sometimes because it's like you want to do it so bad and you're so eager and you love what you do but at the end of the day like you're just just you're devaluing yourself mm-hmm. and your business and that client will never pay you 50 extra dollars for dermaplaning because you just freaking told them you'd do it for free exactly yeah. and it's it's counterintuitive because you think to yourself well if I can if I can let them try it you know for a discount or for free or whatever then they're going to fall in love with it and then they're going to they're going to see the value in it and they're going to want to start paying for it but you have to remember that part of the value is the price. Yep. That's what gives it the special extra something where people are like, oh, mm-hmm. I really do want this. I really do need this. I'm going to appreciate it because mm-hmm. they had to pay extra for it. Um, oh, yeah. Royal and I, we joke sometimes about how when when we first put out our Boundaries and Aesthetics book, we did a promo to- Oh, this is like it was, a year and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And we did a promo where it was free plus shipping. We could not pay people. I mean, we we, we, we definitely gave. sold some, but we <laughs> were like, oh my gosh, nobody wants these? Like what in the world? And then when we brought the price up to, and I still, honestly, I think the price is too low, but it's like at $30 now or, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, that's no, that when, book's worth a million dollars. Thank you. But yeah, that's when people started <laughs> people buying, started buying it, it. Like crazy. When we raised the price on it because then. That's what all these luxury brands do. They're so smart. They get these purses and shoes for nothing and they flip them. And why do they buy it? 
people buy it to say I'm wearing, you know, Louboutin shoes, Mm -hmm. not because they like the way the shoe looks. That's why I bought those ugly ass shoes because (laughs) I thought the value that the company put in them. I wouldn't buy them if they were $10, you know? Exactly. And so, and it's the exact same concept with concept with the services that you provide. If a client is like, oh, she's giving it away for free. I mean, I'll take it because it's free, but I'm, it must not be worth whatever the price is on her actual website or on her menu. So you mm-hmm. have to trust the process. Like if you dangle the carrot and you're like, hey, I have this awesome new service. I think you're really going to love it. Let's add it on. It's this much. And the client is like, oh, that's expensive. Take that carrot away. And then the client is going to think about it and they're going to think about it. And then when they come back to it, they're going to appreciate it. That's yep. what you have to do. Yeah. I mean, I think this is just so, such a help. This is going to be such a helpful two-part episode for people yeah. because seriously, I think this is the biggest struggle that solo estheticians have like it really is so hard like how do you value yourself how do you make your clients see you in that light because you think like honestly like for the longest time I was like oh my god if I give them this free thing or do this like they're going to be loyal for life no a lot of people maybe but majority no Mm -hmm. and they're just going to get your number down and they know like it's just like the guy that knows that he can call you for a booty call because you're going to say yes every time you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying like that's literally what I did to my clients and that's why I'm saying like I don't have those clients anymore I don't want those clients anymore, but they might've been great, wonderful clients, but I broke them. You know, I really did. And I'm thankful I was able to rebuild my clientele book to clients that, you know, love, respect and value me. But at that time, like that's all I had. And I didn't know any better. I was 21 years old. You know, I'm still a baby, but I'm still 22. Like, I'm like, I was like 21 years old. I was such a baby. (laughs) Like it's literally been like eight months, but, um, (laughs) you know, you grow so much and it's okay to make these mistakes in the beginning if you can learn from them. And that's what, you know, I want people to know is like, I did not come out the womb, like a boss bitch that was like ready to dominate this industry. Like I made mistakes. I messed up. I devalued myself. I gave discounts. I gave freebies. And I would be a liar if I sat here today and said, I don't have clients that pull my heartstrings once in a while that I feel Mm -hmm. like I want to do that for. And that's okay. And like, that's what I want people to know. Like that is okay. Like there's a lot of charity that I do in my business, um, you know, behind the scenes and you will know and learn and grow like who those clients are that you can, you know, help out once in a while. And only if you can afford it and only if it's like okay with you and you know, they love and respect you. And it's not something I do every single day. It's not something I do once a month. It's very rare, but you know, sometimes I just like, I, I just have to do that charity act and like, it's just in me and I, that's just how I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. And I, I love that you are taking so much accountability because you, you keep saying I had to let those clients go because I broke them because I was the one who let them think that it's okay to ask for discounts or to be entitled to services or things like that. And I think that I I see a lot of estheticians complaining about their clients. Well, my client is such a bitch or my client is so this or my client is so that. And I, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, first of all, you should. But what did you do to make them yeah, that way? Exactly. It's like a bad kid. It's always the parent. Bad kids are because of bad parents that don't discipline them and, and, and tell them no. You know, yeah. it's not a bad kid. It's a bad parent, you know? Exactly. And that is the exact same concept. It's like if you are complaining about your client, which first of all, don't call your clients names, like even behind their backs. Like that is not okay. No. But if you're, if you have a problem with them, you need to look back on the relationship and figure out why they believe it's okay for them to act that way. Because you did something to make them think that your place is a free for all or that you're the bargain queen or whatever. Like you, if you have bad clients, it's because you 
made them into bad clients. Yeah, you trained them to act that way and Mm -hmm. you made them feel that it's okay to treat you that way. Exactly. And see, I use that all the time. I'm like, it's not a bad client. It's, you know, the way you did it. And that's why, you know, I do take accountability. Like I would have loved, they were nice, sweet people, but I broke them. I can't have them as a client anymore because I, I fucked up and I, you know, made them feel like this relationship was something different. And like, how do you keep you know, these clients, when you're growing, you can't, it's Mm -hmm. exhausting. And it's like, you, how do you look someone in the eye and say, okay, well now it's this way, you know, it's just, it causes conflict. It causes, you know, a lot of stress in your life and it's just not worth it at that point. Like you have to wish them well. And, you know, now they're going to probably pay like three times more they paid than with you, you know, because Mm -hmm. they value and they respect whoever the provider they're going to now is because you ruined them. And I did that a hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I go back through my books and look at like clients, you know, that I've rebooked and stuff. And right when I opened in June, like I, I'm telling you seriously, I have two of those clients mm-hmm. um, because I couldn't, you know, keep them anymore because of what I did to them. So yeah, it's so true. And I, I think that it's also important to realize that like in the boundaries and aesthetics book, I have a section about ending client relationships. And one of the things I talk about is if you need to end a relationship for whatever reason and you choose to refer them to somebody else, don't contact that other esthetician and be like, hey, I have this really difficult client, but no. I know that you work better hours. And so could could you deal with her, please? Because yeah, I don't, don't want do to that. anymore. Don't do that yeah. because you you don't know if that client is just difficult with you because you taught her that it's okay to be mm-hmm. difficult with you. She may go to somebody else and be an excellent client. Exactly. See, yes. You know, like how it is, like my parents would always <laughs> laugh when I'd go to a friend's house and the mom would be like, oh my God, your daughter is so sweet. She helped with the dishes and she did this. And my mom's like, what? My kid? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> like, you know, it's like a different environments yield different behaviors. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I just, I'm a firm believer in don't talk bad about people. Don't tell other mm-hmm. estheticians what they should expect from certain clients. Like just let things play out the way that they're going to play out. And, you know, only the only thing that you have power over is how you allow your trans, your clients to treat you. So train them to treat you and your business. Right. Yep, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's just the truth there, girl, I swear. And it is hard. Um, and there are clients, you know, that, you know, you can have like more of a playful relationship with, but I mean, I don't let that happen until like the third or fourth visit because I want to make sure they know and view me as a professional. And, you know, and sometimes me and my clients like some and I don't know, if have you ever had this where like some days like, you know, y'all are like super like friendly fun with each other. And there's days they come and they just want to relax and you're just like completely professional and it's not fun like the last appointment, you know, and it's just you have to read people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you totally yeah. have to. You have to read the room. You have to be able to know what your client needs from you. And that doesn't mean totally just throw your boundaries and your policy book out the window, but Mm -hmm. you've got to provide the experience and the environment that your clients need at that time. Yep. A thousand percent, a thousand and thousand percent. For sure. That was such a good topic. Wow. I know. So like enlightened, my heart feels like all jittery and good. I mean, because I mean, it is, it's something, you know, there's so many things that have gone on in my business that I really you know, I live in fast forward, you know, I'm just like, go, 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 that I don't have time to sit and reflect. And like that for me was so therapeutic um, to really reflect on the mistakes and like the things that I did, because I knew it in my heart. I've just never said it out loud, you know? Well, I'm glad that you felt like this was a safe enough place to be able to do that 
you know, soul searching and to say those yeah, I feel things. I like I and- should pay you for some therapy right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about the second half was your therapy. The first half was mine. So we're even. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Okay, Savannah, thank you so much. Thank you this so much. has been a fantastic- this is probably the longest podcast you've done, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is. And we oh, we appreciate that a lot. Um, Where can our audience find you? So you can find me um on- Oh my God, I'm going to say that again. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at the Dallas Esthetician, Esthetician with an A. And um, I have a TikTok too. I think it's the Dallas Esthetician okay. where I do extraction videos. I know I had to, I had to, I had to, you know, I just, times were tough and I had to get a TikTok. Um, and then I think that's it. Is that all I have? Yeah, that's really it. Really. Instagram is like my platform. Perfect. Okay. Well, we'll include that information in the episode notes so that you lovely listeners, if you aren't already following Savannah, you can check her out on Instagram and thank you so much again for thank being you, here. We appreciate you. Thank you. This is so fun. Y'all are amazing. Like, oh, I love you. Thank, thank you. you. We love you. We think you're amazing also. Okay. 